I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. 106 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. Of course, today's big story is the inauguration of the 46th president of the United States and day one of the Biden administration. It's expected that he today will sign a long list of, I believe, 17 executive orders. And we'll get into the details of those tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I believe there uh, is one in particular that will have great impact on things right here in the state of Utah. Think Grand Escalante and Bears Ears. We'll get into that tomorrow, how the new administration will address and interact with public lands. An important an important piece of, quite literally, the landscape here in Utah and more broadly the Intermountain West. So uh, that'll be it. You heard me in the last segment talk about how there are ways to, you know, peacefully debate and civilly uh, debate and recognize that there are very, very profound ideological policy differences. And those are okay and good, right? It is through that refiner's fire, if you will, that on the other side emerges outcomes, legislation, rules and laws that hopefully, hopefully, hopefully represent a little bit of give and take from all involved. We'll get into that tomorrow. Today, though, I am on the civility train. (laughs) Maybe that's not the best way to phrase it. Uh, But what I mean to say is that these calls for unity and setting aside the tribalism and recognizing that, you know, we're not... Uh, at the end of the day, all that different, but rather the same in uh, being Americans. So uh, that's that. It sounds like uh, you know a nice campaign slogan, uh, but the truth is, as trite as it may sound and has overused as phrases like that may strike your ears, there is incredibly profound and maybe even life-saving and necessary truth uh, baked there within. And I'm on the train right there. Uh, I'll tell you what we're gonna uh, take a uh, uh, we're gonna step away from the plan right now. Uh, outgoing Vice President Mike Pence is that correct? Is delivering remarks? Let's hear what uh, Pence has to say. To Lieutenant Governor Crouch, Congressman Pence, all my fellow Hoosiers, it is great to be back home again. Thank you for coming out. To be able to fly home to my hometown means more than I can tell you. But to look out at this crowd, and so far I haven't seen one face that I haven't known for years. And I thank you for that. Serving as your vice president was the greatest honor of our life. But now that that season of service has come to an end, we just had to come home. We had to come home to say thank you. Thank you to family, the friends, the people of Indiana who have stood by us every step of the way on this journey. 
We thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers. We've felt them every day. Every opportunity we have ever had, we owe to the grace of God, our family, and to the people of Indiana. So first and foremost, as we come home, thank you for giving us the privilege of serving the United States of America as Vice President. Today, we inaugurated a new president and a new vice president. And allow me to offer my congratulations to President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. But let me also take a moment to say thank you to President Donald Trump and Melania for all they have done to make America great again. We'll always be grateful for the opportunity that they gave us to serve and the way they allowed us to make a difference in the life of this nation, rebuilding our military in our first three years, reviving the economy and taking it to heights that it had never seen before, and appointing a record number of principled men and women to our federal courts at every level, including three Supreme Court justices, including Indiana's own Justice Amy Coney Barrett. While our hearts will always be with the families that have lost loved ones in this global pandemic over the ordeal of this past year, I will always be proud to have served in an administration that came alongside doctors and nurses and first responders and organized a whole-of-government response to federal, state, and local level to meet this moment and to place us at a time where we've arrived at the beginning of the end of this pandemic. And I believe the day will come soon when we put the coronavirus in the past and heal our land. So thank you, President Trump, for all you've done for this country and the privilege you've given us to serve. Second, I want to thank our devoted staff. In all of my roles, when I was your congressman, when I was your governor, and as your vice president, I can tell you, I learned over and over again when I know the mayor knows. You're only as good as your team. And you might be glad to know that when we got on that plane four years ago and went to Washington, D.C., we, we took some Hoosiers with us, and we brought them home today. We're going to step away from the remarks being delivered by outgoing Vice President uh, Mike Pence. Uh, you'll note that it was today he uh, was the sole representative, or at least uh, I shouldn't say the sole representative. He was the highest ranking representative of the Trump administration to be in attendance at today's inauguration of Joe Biden and 
Kamala Harris. He uh, would appear in very short order following the events at the United States Capitol, following the inauguration of President Biden, that he uh, boarded a plane and made his way back home. I think that if you look back over the past four years and think about the various times you have been you know, on the on the listening end of remarks delivered by Joe Biden, I'm not or I'm sorry, uh, Mike Pence. I'm not sure that we have heard the amount of emotion we heard just now. In the very beginning of those remarks, he uh, talked about coming home. And when the work was done in Washington, uh, that he did just that as he delivered that fact and that portion, you could hear his voice crack. And, you know, think what you will about this Trump administration. Think what you will about Mike Pence. I have seen much goodness in him. And uh, you might say, yeah, well, uh, he, stuck by, he stood by a, a guy that was so uh, offensive and blah, blah, blah. Now, you judge him on his own merits. You judge him uh, by the content of his own character, to borrow some famous words. And he seems to be a good-hearted and earnest man. And I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. My apologies to, to Ron Fox. Uh, my guest has uh, stayed on hold throughout the conversation there, but I'm glad that the timing has worked out in this way. Ron Fox, uh, my next guest, has staffed four presidential inaugurations, has done advance work for presidents and vice presidents for decades, including most recently advance work here in Utah for Vice President Mike Pence. We'll speak with Mr. Fox next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're continuing our look at the events playing out uh, really across the country, but focused on what's happening in Washington, D.C. today. It is Inauguration Day, a constitutionally designated day in which uh, power is transferred. An outgoing administration departs and an incoming administration and the start of a new chapter begins. Before the uh, commercial break, uh, we spent some time together listening from listening to uh, outgoing Vice President Mike Pence. He, after the proceedings in Washington, D.C., uh, boarded an aircraft and made his way back home to Indiana. The remarks uh, delivered by him were in his hometown uh, to his own people, specifically uh, some of the staff, he said. He carted out to Washington, D.C. to work with him and alongside him for the past four years. Uh, Joining me on the line right now uh, to discuss the goings-on and to share a bit of his own personal background is Ron Fox. Ron Fox, uh, one of the more interesting people uh, who I know. He has staffed four presidential inaugurations. He has... Uh, he has attended even more than that uh, and has worked uh, for years and years on behalf of uh, Republican candidates and Republican office holders. And uh, first off, Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. And can I share? It's a pleasure to be with you. Can, can I share something that ju- just came my way? Uh, you know sure. Scott Howell. You've worked with Scott Howell for years and years. Uh, Scott, yeah. I'm presuming, is listening to the program right now. And in the commercial break, he sent me the following text about you, Ron. He said, Ron is the greatest, most talented, and just a genuinely inspiring individual. It was a pleasure to work with a man of such high moral integrity and smarter than all get out. We debated and challenged for our candidates always on a very high note. Uh, Ron, sir, yourself a, a surrogate for President Trump, and as we know, Scott Howell, a surrogate for 
uh, Joe Biden. And so, uh, anyway, I just wanted to take the opportunity to, to share those words with you from uh, someone who you have debated for years and who fundamentally and ideologically have great policy differences. Uh, but I think the, the words shared uh, about you from him kind of emblematic of what's being called for in Washington today. Well, thank you. That was a very kind comment by Scott. And I want you to know that uh, I consider him a dear friend and we've known each other for a long, long time. And uh, the day after the election, and it was clear that President Trump had lost and I had been the state co-chair for the Trump campaign. I called Scott and said, hey, Scott, you know, we've been friends for a long time. I hold him extremely in high regard. I said, let's get some good people from Utah to staff the new president and vice president and find their way back to D.C. So whatever you need from my standpoint of what I've done in the past to help people, I want to help you. So we, the, you talk about civility. Scott and I have worked very hard to uh, make sure that even when our, we lose one or we win one, we kind of work together to make it better for the country. And the country is what this is all about. That that attitude radiates uh, from both of you, let me just say. Uh, now, let's speak about the gentleman from whom we heard just before the commercial break. Uh, outgoing Vice President Mike Pence is now uh, in his home of Indiana. Uh, you heard the words. I know you were on hold listening to what he had to say. How did that strike you based on uh, your familiarity with uh, Mike Pence and the Pence family? He is a very genuine and honest and sincere individual. He is very loyal, as you've seen, to President Trump and uh, very appreciative. He is an extremely religious individual. He has come here to Salt Lake on a number of occasions and met with church leaders. He's he's just a man of great depth. I would have had no problem if for any reason he had to step in as president, uh, if President Trump had uh, had to step out of office or was taken out of office, um, that he would have been a great leader. Do you think we've seen the last of Mike Pence in public office? I don't know. Uh, It's a good question. Timing has a lot to do with our history. Uh, Many people have been ready to serve, and time has passed them by because of circumstance. Uh, uh, But I I don't think we've seen the last of Mike Pence. Mm. All right. Let's uh, draw upon your expertise now and your experience and the situations in which you have found yourself over the past number of decades as uh, as a member of the staff bringing about so many of these inaugural ceremonies. Let's go all the way back to, to 1985. Tell me about, uh, tell me about that year. <laughs> well, that was Ronald Reagan's uh, 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 inauguration, his second. And uh, sadly, it was one that I went back to. It was the first that I actually went back to and spent most of the time in the uh, hotel because the weather had dropped to such sub-zero temperatures, they... Uh, made the decision the night before to move the entire affair into the rotunda, which you can imagine from a crowd size, it's like what happened today with Biden in the COVID situation. Uh, the numbers were extremely small, and therefore nobody who could who was there to watch the affair um, was able to attend, except for those members of Congress uh, who uh, and family that surrounded uh, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. 
help me out with a, a little piece of history regarding Ronald Reagan and the inauguration uh, events and the swearing in. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, it has not always taken place on the same side of the building. I think in, in recent years, right. we, we see it from, I think what is technically the rear of the Capitol building, the, mm-hmm. uh, the portico that looks out on the reflecting pool on the, the Washington mm-hmm. uh, Memorial or Monument and then on to Lincoln. Uh, t- talk mm-hmm. to me about that change. Well, the change came to accommodate the crowds. Uh, You know, you have on the uh, opposite side of the Capitol where the inaugurations were held for, oh, I don't know, going back into the 1850s. um, They were always held on the side in which the Supreme Court's on. And uh, they decided uh, to make that move over to the south side because they had the entire mall that they could uh, fill with individuals. I mean, you know, we've had hundreds of thousands of people had come to attend inaugurations. I was very sad today. I felt for President Biden as he took his oath and the small number of individuals that were there. I mean, normally we have galas and parties and inaugural balls and dinners and breakfasts. And this was really truncated. This past Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You, uh, yep. starting in 1985, pretty uh, continuously worked uh, on the beh- on behalf of uh, at least Republicans uh, who were being mm-hmm. sworn into office in 1989, mm-hmm. uh, you were on hand for the ceremony, and you uh, you, you met someone. T- tell me about that. Yes. Please. Well, after the ceremony, we uh, a friend of mine and I made it our way up to the actual platform, and during that uh, time, there were several people still on the platform, and uh, one person being interviewed was a woman by the name of Coretta Scott King, the widow of Martin Luther King. So I took the opportunity to come over and visit with her for a moment. And uh, it was, you know, it was history. And and that's what this event is. It it brings together individuals and people who have been a part of history, former presidents and key individuals. Uh, It's uh, it's uh, it's a magnificent event. President Trump's absence from today's inaugural event. uh, Was that a good move or a bad move? In this current environment, it was a good move. Uh, candidly, uh, it it was something that he made that decision, and I think it was a good decision. And, uh, you know, he will have his place in history, and hopefully uh, from the standpoint of the policies that he implemented and some of the changes he made, uh, instituted, historians will be good to him. But I think that uh, a lot of the problems surrounded his personal style in which um, – Candidly, was r- quite rough sometimes. So we'll, we'll uh, look to the future. I was extremely grateful that Vice President Pence was there today. I, I put you on the spot by asking what might be next for uh, Vice President Mike Pence. Let me put you on the spot again. Any predictions on what might be next for uh, Donald Trump? No, I think that uh, he's going to have to weigh his decisions. He has a very strong following within the party. Uh, his... Um, Chairman of the National Committee was reelected just a week ago uh, with his support. Uh, I think that he's going to attempt to uh, be um, an important person in the party. But I would have to remind, uh, you know, party leaders that, you know, once they take office, uh, that they have to go back to neutrality to allow other uh, potential candidates in the future to have a clean shot at it.
Absolutely. Uh, Ron Fox, listen, sir, thank you so much for the insight that you've offered here today during this uh, important inauguration day. Uh, thank you for the work you have done for uh, nearly five decades on behalf of uh, office holders and this great nation. And I uh, thank you as well for your friendship. Thank you. Thank you, Lee, and have a great day. You do the same. Quick break. When we return after the news, we're going to be joined by Jeff Merchant chair of the Utah Democratic Party, uh, looking forward. I've invited us all to do just that. Let's take a break from looking backward and pointing fingers at the misdeeds of yesterday. Instead, we look forward. What will the attitude be and what will the policies be of tomorrow? We'll speculate next with Jeff Merchant, Utah Democratic Party chair, ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.